Welcome to the Smile Files. This is in Sevieria, Part Two. Chapter Two. Sash looked back when he heard Lark fall for the third time. His friend propped himself up to one knee, took a deep breath, and then staggered to his feet. I don't think that woman gave us the right directions, Lark said. Sasha looked down at his hand-drawn map and then back up the path. It matched the route drawn out for them. It hadn't been easy asking for the way to Serpent's Hill. They've traveled for two days, and passed through many small villages that lay near the border of the kingdom. Many of the townsfolk either had never heard of the place. Or refused to speak so much as a word about the subject, like it was cursed. It was only at the last town they visited that they found someone willing to tell them where to go. The old lady had said with a thoughtful expression, "Serpent's Hill. You must be talking about the Hill of Hundred Flowers. I wouldn't recommend you go looking for it, though." That place means bad business. She pointed a warning finger in the direction of the setting sun, where the silhouette of a distant hill rose above the forest. Lark's eyes had widened. Why is that? He said. The old woman had snapped out a sheet and hung it on the clothesline. The old woman had snapped out a sheet and hung it on the clothesline. Folks say there's a monster haunting that place. I wouldn't go near it, not even for all the magic in the world. Lark perked up. Magic? Aye, tis only a rumor, but legends say that. The flowers grown on the hillside grant strong magic, but no good befalls those who use it. I think it's best to steer clear entirely. An old woman like me has no need for fancy tricks. Sash shook his head. The old woman had seemed genuinely disturbed by the place. And probably for good reason. Places of strong magic never bode well for humans. Come now, Lark," he encouraged. "According to this, it's only a short walk away. We'll be there by nightfall. Great, just like the beginning of a campfire. Great, just like the beginning of a campfire tale." Two foolish men walk straight into the enchanted, very dangerous monster's lair at midnight. Sash pulled his friend forward by a slippery arm, causing the other to almost trip over his feet. Don't worry, I'll be there to protect you. You won't be facing the serpent alone. We will be back with the flower in no time. Lark huffed, but he walked faster. Who says I'm afraid? Sasha's grin faded away when he looked around. Hey, are trees supposed to glow like that? The forest path was growing dimmer in the fading light as they were talking, and now, when he trained his eyes, 
He could make out faint light coming from the branches and trunks of the trees. It was similar to the glow of a lightning bug, except while lightning bugs were fun and harmless, the same effect came off as ominous from the shadowy branches. As they got closer, they saw something large resting on top of the hill. Sash shaded his eyes against the rays of the sunset. He didn't think it looked like a serpent, but maybe they needed to get closer. The outline of the dragon-like head shifted and then rose up on a long neck. Two glowing green eyes stared straight at them. Lark's arm was as tense as a bowstring under his grip. Sash edged his hand to the sword hanging from his belt. Why didn't he draw it to begin with? Something about the inherent creepiness of this place was throwing him off his guard. The beast uncoiled further until the scaly head rose to twice their heights. Sash had the strong urge to take a step back from the snake. Yep, definitely a snake. That turned out to be quite a bit bigger than he'd expected. He fought against the instinct to stay still. There was no hope of the beast missing them now. He stepped out in front of Lark and drew his sword. His friend held up his hands out of the corner of his eye. Hello, we mean no harm. We're simply passing by and we'll leave soon. The snake blinked. Sash could only tell by the way the twin lights momentarily flashed in and out. Lark's voice wavered. We only want some flowers from your hill? With an enraged shriek, the beast lunged. Sash threw himself at the other man, sending them both sprawling. Lark's knees jabbed into his stomach. The enormous head shot past above them, blocking out the stars. A shink, shink, shink of flashing scales rushing by filled the air. The snake's body dipped down. Sash was ripped to the side by scales caught in his armor and rolled across the grass, tearing up fragrant blades in a trail behind him. The snake slowed down as it realized it had missed its target. A hand yanked Sash up by the shoulder. Move! Lark shouted. With the snake now behind them, they sprinted around the hill. He thought fleetingly that the flowers must be on the other side, facing the ocean, but a new wave of urgency spiked through him when he heard the snake's furious scream. Somewhere behind them, then again, closer. Lark let out a gasp from ahead. Sash just had enough time to think, don't let the snake beast have a mate, before a field of soft, luminescent white filled his vision. Oh. Chapter 3 Lark felt like he'd never seen anything so beautiful it was as if the whole world slowed down as they stumbled into the meadow. 
A blanket of glowing petals spanned across the side of the hill, reaching all the way down to the lapping tide. Behind him, Sasha's footsteps slowed as he was also careful not to crush the flowers. There was a sort of thrumming energy radiating from them, that that Lark could feel through his boots, so he kept his hands away, just in case. Who knew what the side effects of coming into contact with magic were? Then they simultaneously remembered the furious beast still chasing them. Fangs the length of Lark's arm snapped shut a foot away from Sasha's waist. The guard reached for his sword while hopping back, but Lark remembered in a panicked state that he dropped it when he fell. The snake was even bigger up close. Its eyes were completely glowing green, and so was the inside of its mouth. It turned out. It seemed to be rearing back for another strike at Sash. His friend looked pitifully small in front of the creature. No, no, stop that! Lark shouted. He ripped a handful of blossoms from the ground, and instantly a shock passed through his hand, like the cleave of an invisible axe. The beast snapped its head his way and howled. He thought he could detect something other than pure anger in its cry. For the first time, it spoke in a gargled hiss. Mine, that's mine, mine. You're stealing mine. The beast lunged at him instead. In a stroke of idiocy, or pure genius, depending on who asked. Lark shoved the fistful of petals into his mouth and chewed. The world, including the snake creature, blinked out of existence. A lurch ripped through him like his small intestine had come alive and was trying to leave his body. He fell to a knee, and the world fizzled back into place. Then another blink, and it was gone. Lark felt like his mouth was on fire. It was not a good idea. It was not a good idea. Even though the flowers looked all soft and mild, they tasted like acid going down. A voice echoed around the spinning chamber. He was pretty sure he was stuck in. Speak your desire, and it shall be done. Get us out of here! Lark shouted into the abyss, with an overwhelming yearning to be home already. Then he realized he may have just used magic. Oops! Wasn't there a reason it was so warned against? He blinked again, and then he was standing in front of the castle gates. It was nighttime. A guard posted outside screamed at his appearance. Someone whirled him around by the shoulders, shook him, and yelled, "What were you thinking?" Ah, Sash made it too. 
Mark glanced around and was hit with immense relief that the serpent hadn't hitched a ride as well. I wasn't really, he mumbled. His mouth still burned. Something dripped down the side of his chin. He looked down to see spots of glowing white sludge on the cobblestones. Ah, we should really clean that up. It has got to be a health hazard. Sash barked out a harsh laugh, making him jump. Of course you weren't thinking. Do you even realize how dangerous that was? It would have gotten you if you were a second too late. And don't even get me started on you putting those magical flowers in your mouth like candy. Do you feel ill or strange in any way? Lark couldn't help but wince under the force of Sasha's righteous anger. He hadn't seen his friend angry in, well, a long time. No, not really, he managed. I do have a headache, but that may just be the teleportation. Um, y your highness? A guard holding up a flickering torch called. Is that you? Sash seemed to remember they had an audience and visibly reined himself in. Yes, pardon us, Lucan. Prince Lark and I have returned from our journey and must see the queen at once. We have the cure. He gave Lark a meaningful glare. Right? We have it, right? He fisted his hand around the petals in his pocket and nodded. In the dim light of the torches, the guard's face dropped at the mention of the queen. He exchanged glances with his partner. Lark's heart dropped like a stone in water. We need to go, now. It can't be too late. It can't. He ran past the guards and into the castle, navigating the lengthy corridors that he knew by heart. He couldn't tell if the pounding he heard was from his feet or just his heartbeat. Around a corner, he smashed his foot against a doorframe and kept going, and skidded to a stop in front of the queen's bed. The royal healer, who was holding a cloth to her forehead, saw him and leapt to her feet. Her gold-rimmed cap was askew. Your Highness, thank goodness you're back. Did you find the cure? Yes, I think so. Lark frowned. Something in his mouth felt weird, like his teeth weren't in exactly the right places. He stepped forward into the glow of the lantern and the healer's hands flew to her mouth. Your, your highness, what? He was already kneeling by the bed. The queen's hand was so cold. For a moment, he was afraid she wasn't breathing. But then he saw the small rising and falling of her chest. It's okay. I'm not too late. I can fix this. I can. Lark, wait! Sash crashed into the room with a hand outstretched. Lark felt a hot surge of rage, 
What did he think he was doing? His mother was dying. He opened his hand. Were his nails always this sharp? And let three crushed petals fall to the blanket. Sash took another step forward. He could see it in his eyes. His friend thought there was something wrong. The guard motioned for the healer to step back. Let's not be rash. You don't know what the consequences will be. He felt like he couldn't breathe. Why? The anger came bubbling out. Why are you arguing about this right now? He snatched two of the glowing petals, raking a tear through the blanket. He glared at Sash. You saw that these are magical. They can save her. What more proof do you need? Sash reached for him, but it was too late. He bit down on the scale-shaped petals.